thanks again for tuning in to our Enlightened Conversations, where this season we are deep diving into some tough topics with our guests. I will also be sharing some enlightened conversations with my favourite intergalactic being, Ralph, from my book, Conversations with Ralph, as well as some new, never-been-heard-of conversations with them. You hear it all here, real, raw and rare, and all shared in an enlightened way. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I'm Michelle Lightworker and your host for this episode I'm actually going to be sharing with you part six of reflections on the book that I've written, Conversations with Ralph, which he and I discuss many topics throughout the book that we've already covered in the previous episodes of this particular series. And I'm also going to be covering a bit more on uh, an epidemic that's plaguing society today um, and causing a lot of suicide. And we're also going to talk about murder and a little bit more about why people murder, what are the reasons behind leading up to it, and also how we can see murder in a different light. So thanks for joining me, and I'm going to dive right in to our next chapter, which is called, um, it's Chapter 6, and it's called Birthday Bomb. And so this was on my birthday in 2018. This conversation was recorded and it's conversation number five with Ralph. I awoke on my birthday to a conversation with Ralph and wanted to share it with Tony via a voice recording so I wouldn't lose the precious learnings so early in my day. Ralph dropped a bomb about an epidemic that we have at the current time that is contributing to suicides. So I say, So anyway, I had this conversation this morning. It's my birthday, just saying, and I don't want to lose it before I tell you. It's pretty clear, though, and he was talking about walk-ins, and Tony said, walk-ins? So I said, oh, no, you haven't heard of that. Okay, so walk-ins are when people have one personality one day, and then the next day they have a completely different personality, and they have access to all these talents that they never had, and they're completely like a different person. Ralph was talking about how people from the bodiless universe that he lives in who know about other universes at that point and who are frustrated at not having a body can come through the wormhole and they can actually take over someone's body like a possession. And it's like the host is in a coma sleep. And he said that what they're doing in essence They're not going to incarnate back into that universe, but they will not be able to resolve in his universe alone. So technically they won't incarnate into bodily form, but if they don't resolve all their karmic ties, they're creating from taking over as a host in another universe with a body. They're creating an issue where they have to resolve in that universe as well at the end, right? Tony said, right, uh uh-huh. And I said, yeah. So this is what they're doing in essence. They're creating a situation for themselves where they also have to wait a long time if they don't resolve. They've created for themselves a little bit of a mess because people that they affect, they have to hang around karmically for these other people to resolve. So. They're creating a situation of delay for themselves and others. Does that make sense? Tony said, "Uh uh-huh. I said, really? (laughs) Tony said, yes. I said, 
and I can see it. I can see it as I'm talking to you. They're frustrated. They're quite evolved, but they're frustrated not having a body. And so they've worked out how they can do this, come through. But what they don't understand is they're creating karmic ties, both universes, that they can't resolve over there. Tony said, well, they're not there. And I said, no, but they can't resolve over there alone. Even if their host eventually passes and they've delayed, they've actually interfered with the contracts that particular host has made with people and they're actually creating a bit of a delay for them and also a bit of chaos, the contracts that have been put together for that life for a number of people. So it's a boundary issue. It's a boundary violation. It creates another element in the mix of what we call, what's the word for it? I'm trying to work it out. Interference with destiny almost. Even if you're destined to meet this person in your life because you've contracted it, it's been sideswiped. Tony said, diverted. I said, yes, uh uh-huh, for that particular lifetime, which is a bit random. It's like a random thing. And what happens then, and is showing me, that obviously they're at their last incarnation there when when that host dies. They can attach to another person and literally continue to do that, which is a freaking long time. It's like living two universes worth of, of it evolving to that point where you don't have a body. That's a long time. Tony said, hmm. I said, and he's saying what they can do is choose not to do that again and then they can choose to come back to his universe and resolve as much as they can there. Tony said, it seems such a stupid thing to do for someone who's supposed to get to the highest realm in their universe. To me, it doesn't make sense that these beings are supposed to be incarnated in this highest realm in their universe where they don't need a body and everything to get to that point. And then they go and do something like that. It seems to me, if that's what where their mind is at, how did they get to, to be in that last realm, you know? I said, yeah, he said that the base chakra level is the hardest bit. That's the hardest bit. So they're stuck with that, you know, and it is the God's trust connection, the base chakra. And, yeah, if you don't get that, you are trying to control everything. You're trying to manipulate everything on a physical level. He was saying that there are a lot of walk-ins here at this current time and it's a bit epidemic. And so this kind of information needs to be told so that the only way we can help them in their universe is to educate our universe about that so they stop doing that. But in order to be taken over by a walk-in, the only protection you've got is being conscious and aware of yourself and being connected. So that's the only, you can't go into a coma if you've got self-awareness level. That's too aware, you know? Tony said, hmm. And I said, so... He said as soon as the person dies, oh, and he's showing me as I'm speaking to you, that's how a lot of suicides occur because what's happened is the only way they can leave because they're so attached to the body is to suicide. It's like they've lost the ability to be bodiless almost and the only way out is to go, I'm out of here. And so that's more information there on suicide. And that's why people say they weren't themselves And that's why depression leads to suicide. They are being shown they can't come here and expect to feel resolved because they've got a body back. They're not going to resolve emotional stuff anyway, and that's that. Any questions? Tony said, no, oh, you've already answered it. I said, oh, 
that's the end of that chapter, which is pretty short chapter, but it is a bit jam-packed full of information about, um, you know, how how there's an avoidance in the other universe, and we all it always comes down to this destiny versus choice question: do do we have a choice to create our future? Do we have a destiny that we have to fulfill um, in order to evolve? And I'm I'm of the mind that both are part of our journey because we do form these contracts to say this is what needs to happen in order for me to resolve, in order for me to integrate, in order for me to come you know, part of an integrated aspect of the whole. Um, however, what, what what's being shown here is a little bit of a random diversion here that, that things can come in and sideswipe our destiny because um, of this interference, of this boundary violation. So things don't always make sense, uh, especially when you're around people who may have been overtaken by a being who does not want to be in the, in the other universe because they don't want to be in a actual bodiless form they want to actually they might be quite addicted to certain things like we've discussed like addictions and those kind of things and and they want to feel or power they want to feel those those highs they they still haven't resolved in themselves so they're harnessing a body a host um in this universe to escape and avoid resolving in their in their universe there. Um, and I just want to reiterate, it doesn't make sense in, in a lot of cases as to why they would do that if they're so evolved. But remember, when we're talking about evolved and psychic abilities and all these kind of things, if you've got a base chakra that's unresolved, it might be influencing and injecting that poison into all the other chakras. As, as we know, everything's connected, everything's a whole. So even though they might have evolved a lot of the gifts, they might have a really awesome psychic ability, they might have a fantastic third eye, they might um, be able to do magnificent things and, and we go, oh, wow, you know. But if they haven't resolved their, you know, connection to source and their trust in source and God and, the you, know, you know, the universe being bigger than them and that kind of thing, that can become something that is is a real driving force for toxic behaviour. So I want to um, also flick across to um, a, an information that came through in a conversation with Ralph uh, later on in that year, uh, a little bit more on murder here, which sheds a bit of light on how this can also lead over to that. So I had a conversation where I got some information that came through on the 4th of September in 2018. And I got more information about the energetic mechanics, about why people murder. And basically I was shown, and this is what I documented, basically I was shown that when a person murders and they don't remember the actual event because they black out, it can be because their emotional reality, which is their astral body, has reached a peak where they leave their body. They disassociate as they're too saturated to realise that another being has entered into their body. So they're on a, they're potentially like they're high on rage and then another being can penetrate their physical body. 
when their astral body leaves, then the other being can carry out the murder. Uh, the other being may be quite disconnected from their emotional reality and sociopathic. They don't feel anything. However, they can get high off the murders or a kick out of it. The host is not present when it happens. So I'll just stop there and it goes on a bit, but I just want to stop there and just, just speak to that. So basically what we're getting is this control issue, which likes to feel in control and, and, and feel power, slides into a, a person who's quite un overwhelmed with rage. They're quite capable of carrying out the murder. The person with rage doesn't have a memory of it, blacks out, as it were, doesn't remember doing it, but the being who's entered into the person who's murdered has actually got a kick out of it. So, um, you know, and, and it can be a little bit confusing because sometimes you have these mental health disorders that have multiple personalities and those kind of things, and that can be, yeah, that can be a part of the person and you can reintegrate and things like that. However, you do have these other scenarios where if there is a being that knows it can come in and just, a bodiless being from another universe that hasn't crossed over, um, isn't isn't in the dead zone, so to speak. They can still harness and come in and possess, and 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 um, as as can the deceased as well is what I'm getting while I'm while I'm chatting with you. So it doesn't have to be from the other universe, but it can be. Um, let's stay on this topic because I do want to. I know I know it's in reflecting to the other universe, but. Let's just say there are unresolved um, people on the spiritual plane who have actually um, deceased in this realm who can come back through too. And I want us to keep this in mind while we move on to just this next little bit that I was going to read to you that was from this conversation that I had back in September of 2018, a few months later. And I haven't had this documented in in conversations with Ralph Book because these these were conversations that happened after that. Um, so we said so um, the other being may be quite disconnected from the emotional reality and sociopathic. They don't feel anything. However, they can get high off the murders or a kick, get a kick out of it. The host is not present when it happens, meaning conscious. And they're saying the same thing can occur with alcohol, and this is notable when people change their personality. Other beings step in and carry out the deeds that the person would never premeditate. Uh, however, I am also shown that when a person is regularly in the vibration of a lower energy, they can be impregnated with murderous thoughts. They can be repeatedly delivered and the host is put in a trance state in carrying out the actions that lead towards the murder. Programmed to murder is what I'm hearing. Why? Because the beings that are wanting to commit the murder are addicted to it, to mood alter and avoid their own unresolved reality. Not all murder is committed by another being. However, I am being shown that when a blackout or personality change or trance-like behaviour occurs, this can definitely be because the host is under the influence of a low vibrational being. And when I say low vibrational being, I'm talking about a being that is attracted to the frequency of the host 
Um, and the host may or may not have those thoughts themselves. They may. They, they may just be very, very unconscious and very asleep in their own um, energetic vibrational frequency as a lack of awareness of who they are as a person in this life and having a strong sense of I amness is not top-notch on their priority um, potentially for this lifetime. So the more we go after really wanting to just explore and discover who we are, what what our I amness is in this lifetime, what are we here for this lifetime, what do we need to grow in ourselves this lifetime. And the more we we hunt that down and the more we evolve that, the less um, opportunity we give to other lower vibrational frequencies to um, enter our energetic vibration and enter our body and create problems for us in this life as well. So um, all those parents out there listening to this, um, you know, the best thing that you can do for your kids is to really work on yourself, own whatever your shortcomings are, what your imperfections are, what your talents are, what your gifts are, um, own those, take action, um, praise your children when you see them in their talents. Um, don't use opportunities to put your children down um, because they're not good enough. Uh, give them resources to support them to be the best that they can be so that they treasure their uniqueness in this lifetime and they learn to do that for themselves. So by you role modelling and by you supporting with your attention, your time and resources and your honesty about what you're actually seeing as them being shining in all their light, um, that is a huge um, prevention for these kinds of lower vibrational frequencies to enter. And um, so that's that's what we aim to do to be in that prevention zone um, with regards to all the information that I'm showing and talking about in this series because once the deed is done, that creates a whole other set of problems. So the best thing we can do is educate and prevent those kind of things from happening. So we're going to be moving on now to Chapter 9. We're skipping a couple of chapters, one where I had a conversation with a friend that I'd recorded over the phone where I channeled Ralph and another chapter where I found the questions that we were talking about that um, I thought I'd lost earlier. So the chapter that we're moving on to is called chapter nine and it is going to be full of questions that have been that I asked Ralph after I found the questions. So on the 28th of April 2018 conversation seven this morning I felt like experimenting, trying to record my conversation real time by typing directly into my computer whilst talking with Ralph. I've copied and pasted the questions that Tony and I initially thought of to see if we've covered all those questions. So Tony said, are they aware of any other people from our universe that have visited before? Do they know anything about our universe? Ralph said, yes, we are aware of people from your universe who have visited before. I also have companions here who talk to me about their travel and interactions. 
Many of your species of humanity in your current form have visited and are learning what you are learning now. There is a collective. It would be nice to see if you get together and unify your learnings. We know a vast amount about your universe as we have lived through many incarnations at every stage of your universe in our own. So there is a vast amount of information at each stage that we can impart to you. You asked while you were walking the other day through the bushwalk whether we come to your universe and embody rocks, trees, etc. Yes, we do. Why do we do it? Because sometimes we have contracted to communicate to humans via nature and the only way that they will feel us is if we take presence there. So we can embody individually or collectively the same vibrational frequency in an area. This does raise the frequency of the location as well. For instance, Sedona. But in its simplest form, it can be that we have a connection with a tree, rock, crystal, even through an animal that is more like a guardianship contract and it gives us the ability to do that in a more tangible form for you. At this stage of our evolution, some of us are very ready to resolve, yet we have multiverse contracts to fulfill. It's not the same as walk-ins where we just take over a host. It's more of a direct contract to make contact with the person who we have contracted with. And I said, do people have to go there to die for their last incarnation? And Ralph said, we covered this question before, so you know that the answer to this one is no. Not everyone on their last incarnation has to come here to be resolved. However, in addition to what I just said, we can contract to be present until the final incarnation consciousness stage, such as I have. I knew that this is what I would do, as do you, Michelle. Remember how you felt when you heard a person say that they wanted to go home to the planet that they came from and not come back to help humanity? It was like a dagger to your heart. That was indicative that you are chartered to indeed return. You have committed to the service of humanity. What other species of humans who think they are above humanity don't realize is that they too are just human. Even if they feel a little strange here, alien, if you like, in this world, your world, in this incarnation, they fail to realize that they are another extension of humanity's consciousness. Remember how you felt when a relative couldn't accept reincarnation, especially of an existing family member who had passed, who was now returning to the family in another form? That rejection of that concept was like a huge stone wall that they had placed in front of you in connecting with them on a deeper level. This too is indicative of how strongly this is your truth. You cannot deny your truth, even if others strongly oppose your view. Otherwise, you will suffer so much internally that it will feel like it is crushing you. And I said, okay, thanks, Ralph. This makes perfect sense. We will move on to the next question now. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really big one. So what we're saying here is um, we've got people coming back in different forms, um, reincarnating to his universe so that they can potentially help people there. We've got people reincarnating into that universe to help potentially to help other people here do, doing what Ralph is is doing as well and we've got souls reincarnating into animal form too but we've all probably you know felt that with a pet or or, or you know some energetic uh, connection to an animal that we're passing by or that might be hanging around the house so 
we do have that with animals as well. We we do have beings coming back to help us that that might not necessarily be part of our family system that we'd had here on earth, but they might. And they might come back through in a guardianship role. And they might have we might have that experience where we go out into nature and we we really do feel the presence um, in the rocks or in the trees or in the in the land like around us where we feel wow I'm, I, this feels like a, such a powerful place for me and I'm activated here and so that is also part of growing our soul and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually doing a bit of extensive travel later on this year so that I'm I'm feeling that I'll be potentially I'll be called to to um, not only to um, help souls move on and but also to have that exchange of wow act, more activation and more soul growth for myself so and I understand how how significant and how powerful that actually is so you know there's a lot to cover there from the point of view of um, resourcing and honoring how people do resource themselves and how they do feel safe if they feel safe with an animal if they feel safe in nature because there are other beings supporting them not just their choice to do that if there's a contract there it's quite powerful that they honor that and that we honor the way they connect if it's not in a church if it's in nature then we know we need to honor that you know that's their way and from the point of view of you know our family members coming back around like we talk about this intergenerational um dna uh post you know, multi-generational trauma that's been passed down from family to family and things like that. But there's also the wisdom of our family and our lineage and there's also the kinship and understanding when your, you know, family members have shared space with us already and they want to resolve and they they want to be still a part of our family and maybe that contract, that next contract they make to be potentially our mother's our child or our grandchild or they come back around or even a cousin or a good friend, but they, they come back around to um, be a part of our life but also for them to resolve as well. So they might have unfinished business themselves. But they trust our family or they or they trust they're going to learn the lesson that they need to learn in our family and so they, they come come around and so if you feel like a soul is very familiar, it can be it can be that you've had interactions in this lifetime with them, or it could be that you've had interactions in a past life together with with that person. Uh, the The main thing to think about isn't whether or not it's real. The main thing to think about is what lessons do I need to actually have it for my soul growth? or serve for this person's soul growth. So that's the biggest thing to focus on. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, I think we've covered a lot today. I think I'm going to save the rest of the questions for for our, our last um, episode on the reflections of conversations with Ralph because we've, we've really hoed into it today. And thank you so much for joining us. It's just providing so much clarity around how important it is to support other people, how important it is to honour our children and honour people's way and really highlight the talents and their connectedness and their impulses to connect as being the, the way to really truly prevent beings from 
avoiding their own resolving that is for their highest good. All right, I'll talk to you next time, everybody, and have a great week.